Listening Dog Media. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Muddy Knees Media. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. It's Kate Borsay here, soaking in the sunshine. I wish I'm actually sat in a little sweat box in our spare room, diligently trying to stay cool, basically. The drinks are accompanying me throughout the show today and I hope if you're listening you're either out in the fresh air taking a walk or you're at home and there's a cool breeze blowing through wherever you live. Alongside me, fresh from Molyneux, it's Lindsay Hooper. Hello. Hello and Hayley McQueen, our usual trio are back and no doubt Hayley you're enjoying Manchester United post break aren't you? I am. It's been lovely. I mean, I knew I was going to enjoy the football being back, but I, I didn't quite imagine the treat that we were going to get from uh, Manchester United. So, I've, yeah, I've been absolutely loving it. Apart from having to drag myself away from the garden to the television every now and again. That's, that's the <laughs> only problem. The weather is so nice. I don't want to be anywhere but outside. Lindsay, you've not just been to Wolves, you've been to Carrow Road for Norwich as well. Just tell us how your travels are going, because it's suddenly, of course, all ramped up again. Yeah, I'm not used to all this driving either, so I actually feel quite tired. Um, I've got to get back into that rhythm, I think, of doing all these drives to and from stadiums. But um, yeah, I'm fresh back from Molyneux, um, and that was an interesting match against Bournemouth. The first half, a bit drab, it has to be said. But of course, they were playing in in that intense heat. Um, I think it was 31 degrees in Wolverhampton. And yeah, I, I I think Carrow Road as my first outing was an interesting one because that was the first time that I'd come across all of the new measures. I had to have the temperature check, which you have to do at every stadium, filling in forms, you know, not knowing what the delays would be like to get into the stadium. Of course, parking's an absolute treat now. I just roll up and I can get away really quick too. <laughs> and then about the eating, because the last time we spoke, we were trying to give you suggestions like perhaps filling your cheeks full of Haribo sweets to keep you going during the game. How's it gone? 
Yeah, I've not been that healthy. I mean, Molyneux, I did take a banana and an apple, but it just doesn't touch the sides in terms of fending off hunger. I'm much better having some sweets or a packet of crisps, which isn't as good um, for me, of course. I've been okay. Uh, I I do find that I'm getting in the second half a little bit peckish, uh, usually. (laughs) But I'm taking supplies. In terms of the actual experience itself, it is like watching a training match. That's absolutely how I would describe it I feel like I'm a a scout (laughs) for players (laughs) watching what I thought was a really nice touch again you know people are going to think here's the Wolves fan talking about Molyneux again but they did the fan mosaic in the south in the south bank which you you might have seen on tv and it's made up of all the fans faces it's Mm, it's so impressive it's a really good touch a really good touch Hayley how have you been adjusting back to a life in football and of course you're You're well in the swing of it now, aren't you? Back at work at Sky Sports News. Yeah, it's great. But obviously having to update games in a studio when you're just on your own, whilst having to still concentrate on other news, reading the news, putting questions to your guests, it's quite hard to be across everything. I kind of forgot what it was like to be back in what is normally a very busy studio where there's nobody around you, so you kind of don't get the vibe of that sort of pressure and being busy, yet you're still kind of sitting there pedalling away underneath the desk, trying to keep everything calm on top. So, yeah, I've, I've had guests in from a distance a couple of times. Obviously, they have their, their headphones on whilst watching the match, and I've I've gone to ask them a question, and they've, they've not heard me because they're so far away across the, the other <laughs> end of the desk. And they've got Oi. their... They, yeah, they've, gone, yeah, they've 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 gone for their crowd um, atmosphere as well. So I was like, Jamie O'Hara was in the other. It's like Jamie, Jamie, but you you can't just lean over and give him a nudge or sort of you know you can't do any of that. So that's been quite funny trying to get. You trying need to get like their a attention. little electric shock button for them just yeah. to, just on their on their seat pad so that, that so that good. they know if you're calling them. You just just press your little electric shock yeah, button because we've got no floor managers, nobody there to kind of keep everything in check. It's just me, so. Yeah, they come in and they're, oh, we're all over the place. (laughs) It sounds um, utterly delightful. Um, Well, look, talking of delightful things, we've got some um, good news for you listeners. If you would like to get The Athletic, we're now part, of course, um, of that organisation. If you'd like to get a subscription uh, to the website and add free versions of all of the Totally Football podcasts, everything under Muddy Knees Media, that's us, the Totally Football League show, and all the rest of them, you can get 40% off a subscription to the website go to theathletic.com forward slash offside that offer by the way only lasts until the end of sunday 28th of june so you've got to get in there quick after that i think you get 30 days for free to give it a go but it allows you to access all their brilliant content at a fraction of the price well coming up on the show we're going to be getting a bit nostalgic we're heading back to 2010 when england faced germany in the last 16 of the world cup over in south africa do you remember that Uh, Well, many do, and it didn't quite go to plan, did it? And we're also going to be looking back over some of our favourite quotes of the season. This is after Jose Mourinho's four-minute rant on Monday. It was delightful with notes and everything. All that's to come. A quick reminder, though, that we are still live every Friday on Jack Radio at four o'clock.
Okay, so let's get stuck in. Now, there's a bit of a game show theme to the topics today. I don't know why. Producer Ab has decided that that's the case. So we're going to go with our first topic, and it's a knockout. Uh, We've had one full game week so far in the Premier League. As we record, we're halfway through game week 31 with Manchester City stand outside so far. Arsenal, gosh, they have a lot to do, very much. Uh, They have their tails between their legs. But this week, uh, we're going to talk about some individuals uh, who've stood out from the crowd, made a name for themselves and basically returned from lockdown bigger and better. So Lindsay, you've seen a lot of action, I know. Tell us who stood out for you. I wanted to go for players that I've seen up close because I've done those couple of games, one at Carrow Road, one at Molyneux and looking at players back on the pitch after lockdown, who's impressed me? Well, if I start with Molyneux and I start with Wolves, who've, who've been great after the restart, I'm sure everyone's thinking I'm going to mention Adama Traore. And yes, he's had a couple of Man of the Match performances and he's been fantastic, but I'm not going to mention him. I'm going to actually say Pedro Neto. This is a player that is just 20 years old, only turned 20 a couple of months ago. And His work rate is second to none. It impresses me so much. Watching him now, I watched the game on TV against West Ham where he scored that lovely volley, but watching him up close as well, he just doesn't stop. And he he spoke about lockdown and how he's trained really hard to try and become stronger. And I think he looks it. That, Mm. That goal against West Ham was the fifth goal for him of the season. The promise that this young gentleman has to be a real star of the future, he came to the club and I'm told by a lot of people that work there, uh, one of his opening gambits was, I want to be the best player in the world. You know, this is how much he's putting <laughs> it on the line. To him. And, and you know, you yet think, again, yeah. Lindsay, Wolves have done it, haven't they? Creating these, you know, young, sometimes largely untested talent and, and sort of really, really bringing the best out in them. Yeah, and it's something that Lazio might be kicking themselves. That's where he came from. He really does have that commitment and he's a real professional. So you can tell that it means a lot to him to be the best that he can be. And from that point of view, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, if he wants to be the best player in the world, maybe he'll get the Ballon d'Or one day and we can come back to this podcast. Because <laughs> he's got a long on. time ahead of him. Steady on. Um, I'm going to wade in with one here and we'll keep going round um, until we, we run out of time on this topic. But I wanted to give a big shout to Phil Foden, uh, Manchester City, on as a sub against Arsenal um, and scored City's third goal in that game. Two goals then in that 5-0 dominance against Burnley. I thought he was absolutely sensational. And we always know with this player that he's got huge potential. He's clearly got skill. He's clearly got a great vision on and off the ball. But I think to see it all come together so clearly clearly and for him to be so compelling in attack as a midfielder I just think he he's he's it's just as if he's really really coming into his own and you know Guardiola's a big fan and that's and that's a huge deal in that in that Manchester City team where before historically we've seen young English players get kind of swallowed up by that system and um overruled effectively for more kind of glamorous high costing foreign players but Phil Foden certainly looks like he's he he deserves his place there and I think Guardiola will play him over the long term as well so a shout out for him you know I think he is a top class player we can see he's a top class player now and long may it continue Hayley Well, as my other half just tries to wrestle the little one to sleep, she is absolutely not a big fan of this uh, hot weather. So we're I'm sure she isn't. Yeah, but tell you who is a big fan of playing in this weather and back 
firing on all cylinders. My goodness, Paul Pogba. Finally, this partnership has clicked as well between uh, Pogba and uh, Fernandez. Yes, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has plenty of options, but it's almost like this this experiment has has worked. It was his first start, of course, since September. He came off the bench um, against Tottenham. He looked fresh. He looked really raring to go. And he's kind of that box-to-box midfielder that United have been so desperate for. Obviously, when they when they brought him back to the club, they thought he was going to do all these magical things. And, and he made headlines for the very wrong reasons. And finally, he's starting to make headlines for the right reason. I'm just hoping that long may it continue. I'm also hoping that this time away as well has kind of made him realise what he's got and realise yeah. that, yes, Manchester United are not the great side that they used to be, but they very well could be. And they still have the history and the reputation behind them. You know, he plays for Manchester United. So I'm hoping that at the time away to reflect, he can appreciate that. Mm. There's also, you think, well, maybe he does still want that move away. And he knows actually he needs to perform well to attract the attention of any new club, especially if he wants this big club. You know, he, he says he wants to achieve things and win things. But I think being out with that injury and being away for so long, I'm hoping has just given him a little bit of food for thought but it's great just to see him playing and just playing with freedom and playing like the Pogba we thought we'd re-signed I just think he's really exciting to watch long may it continue obviously Mm. we didn't think we were going to be seeing him for the rest of the season I didn't even know if he'd played his last game for United but I'm really pleased he hasn't and if this continues he could go on to play another couple of seasons at the club if he wants to stay the club will of course keep him and he seems to fit in really well at the moment. He seems to have and I, made I a few more friends. And I wonder if that's a bit of um, Bruno Fernandez's influence as well. Yeah, quite possibly. And once you do find that, not just playing partner, but a, a, a friend and you've kind of got that going, that can really help you and bring you out of yourself as well. And I think if he has that and he knows that they obviously link up and, and play so very well together and, and he brings the best out of Pogba, and um, seeing Anthony Martial as well, obviously we've got to give him a mention. I was going to mention him, wonderful yeah. Wonderful hat trick, yeah. yeah. But I think as well, you, you, the reason Martial is managing to be like that is, is again because you've got Paul Pogba as part of that. So you, you kind of have, yes, they've all been part of this side for quite some time, but it's almost like, ah, okay, you, you, you realise that they now have this connection. And it's weird to think they've had a disconnect in being away from each other and not training to suddenly look like they all now mm. are one. Which is quite well, strange. It, yeah, exactly. It feels like everyone's playing together for the common cause, almost that it's taken a pandemic for everyone to get out of their own ego, really, to some extent, um, and just concentrate on the team as a whole. I'm going to take um, another few quick votes from you, ladies. So just a couple of lines, please, on anyone else who you want to mention. Lindsay. Danny Ings, I think, seeing him play for Southampton against Norwich, he just picked up where he left off, which is what you're wanting. He's having a superb season, 16 goals. He's only one shy of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So that's the sort of level that he's at this season. And it's just that he always poses a constant threat. He never gives up. That work rate and trying hard is just part of his game and something that I think England could really benefit from. So I'm going to give a mention to Danny Ings. 
Mm, I watched the Merseyside derby on Sunday and fair's fair, Liverpool did not deserve to win the game. In fact, Everton were much better, certainly in the second half. A player that really stood out for me, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, again, someone young and with lots of potential, but he looks really comfortable, I think, now in that centre-forward position. Had the best attempt on goal of the game. He also forced a couple of saves in Everton's game against Norwich on Wednesday night too. Um, You know, him and captain Seamus Coleman look look great and I love the way that Carlo Ancelotti's got the team playing together and is able to then bring out these really strong performances. So Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, Seamus Coleman, um, two others that have stood out for me. Hayley, another quick one from you. Yeah, Alistair Maximan. I watched um, the Newcastle game in the studio and yeah, I just thought he was incredible. Um, I've not he seen an good. awful lot of, of Newcastle, but I just thought he was really, really exciting to watch. He's won man of the match um, for you know a second game in a row just the other evening as well. Yes, he has been seen in a Gucci headband every now and again, but he's a young <laughs> lad, he's 23 years old. He's just obviously enjoying his life. And for a team that really have struggled to be an attacking threat, Newcastle United, they could finally, again, another player with a with a big sort of um, expectation on him, have this break to have him kind of really hone his skills, really think about what he needs to do. I don't know whether Steve Bruce has been giving him sort of one-on-one pep talks, but he just seemed really up for it and full, full of confidence. But yeah, I just thought he was really exciting to watch when I kind of looked down at the stats as well afterwards. He had 52 touches, 10 successful dribbles. He won 13 out of the 20 duels and made two absolutely outstanding clearances as well. So I think he could be yeah, the difference play. for the rest of uh, Newcastle's season. Let's hope so for their sake. All right, well, those are some of the individuals to keep an eye on. You could put them in your fantasy teams, couldn't you, courtesy of us? Up next on the podcast, this time for Africa. Because this is Africa. All right, topic two, the Generation Game. And by the way, that Shakira song, the highlight of the 2010 World Cup in South Africa for me, it's the only good thing about the World Cup because, as we know, uh, England didn't have such a great tournament again. Uh, We thought it'd be really fun to look at that team from 10 years ago. But first of all, ladies, because it's the Generation Game, this topic, one question for you to start off with. Where were you around 10 years ago? Well... That was the year that I joined Sky Sports. I had been working on the World Cup and had been given a really good um, chance of sort of doing my first big presenting job on the World Cup by Al Jazeera, which is BN Sport now, and was out in Doha. And it was great. I was I was presenting for the first sort of time, really, with um, Scott Minto, who was just learning his trade. And of course, we're now both at Sky anchoring football <laughs> and I'm still there. Um, perhaps I thought I'd stay for a couple of years and then find my way you know, around the world, maybe going to the States like an ageing footballer and working on MLS or something. But no, I love it. I'm still there. Can you believe it? I don't think it was long after I rejoined Sky Sports in 2010 that I met you too. Mm. Yes, because I was just going to say that Kate and I were both at Sky Sports as well, presenting some bulletins. That's when we met you in the makeup room. That's when we started talking about doing this very podcast. So that was around about 10 years ago. I worked on the red button footage for ITV as well for the South Africa World Cup, which I was really excited about because I'd not had an opportunity like that before. And it would have been the end of my first full season on final score reporting. And I remember distinctly that first match that I did of the season 
season at the Valley um, watching Charlton. So yeah, it feels like mm. a lifetime ago, but then like two minutes ago as well. I still yeah, have, a good I, la- la- I have a good lasting image of 2010. I'm just going to cut in because that was the year that... Um, that was the summer, in fact, and I remember the day, the hour, in fact, the minute that I saw Pep Guardiola in some speedos around the pool. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, I did. I did. <laughs> well, I'm afraid I didn't uh, see such uh, such joyous things. But yeah, Lindsay and I working hard in quite a small studio at Sky Sports doing our Sky Sports news bulletins. Um, I, in fact, I even checked my, my sort of online diary and emails to see if anything specifically brilliant had happened. But no, it was just pretty much work as usual, but always, always good to cover a World Cup. And this World Cup was pretty good to cover, wasn't it? But from an England perspective, well, it ended badly. It's fair to say, Saturday 27th of June in Bloemfontein, England were biffed out of another World Cup, this time by Germany, losing 4-1. And there was the Frank Lampard, did his goal cross the line? Did the ball cross the line or not? Well, now we know it did. Scientifically, the ball crossed the line. But we're going to have to let that go because what I want to do for this topic is have a look at I don't want to let it go, lineup. but yeah, no, I know, I know. My, 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 dad also, my dad also said it was the best birthday he'd ever had, the proud Scott. Oh, oh my God. God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear that. Um, so let's have a look at the lineup then. So, what I'm interested in is the lineup against Germany on that day, Saturday, 27th of June 2010, and where they are now. Now, you know, these names are widely recognisable. So, we'll look at perhaps the highlight of their career or even a bit of a where are they now. So I'm going to run through and then just chip in, ladies, with anything that you want to add in. In goal, we had David James, didn't Reality we? Reality TV um, star. Yes. Well, he also was the oldest ever World Cup debutant at 39 years and 321 days old. So that's... Wow. <laughs> That's perhaps one of his greatest accolades. I don't mean that at all. He won the FA Cup with Portsmouth. Moving on to the defence, right back you had Glenn Johnson. Uh, Matthew Upson and John Terry were the centre pairing. And that was, of course, because Rio Ferdinand picked up that injury, didn't he? I think in England's first ever training session over in South Africa, he picked up that knee injury and he was out, basically. So this team that was supposed to be, you know, supposed to have this such strong defensive line instead was without Rio Ferdinand. And Matty Upson had to come into place. Ashley Cole at left back. Mm. He's one of these players. He obviously achieved so much in his career, but when you kind of sit down and think about, oh, all these high achieving footballers, you sort of forget about Ashley Cole. I think obviously making that move from Arsenal to, to Chelsea did kind of damage that. Yes, he performed outstandingly on the pitch and he kind of... Um, won the Chelsea fans over, but Arsenal fans will, will forever, well, Well, they never him, ever forgave they? him, did they? No, no. He is now an academy coach at Chelsea, yeah. isn't he? I know he's yeah. been there, I thought, since since the, since the beginning of the season. So he is, he is going into coaching. It'll be interesting to see where that takes him, I suppose. James Milner, Lindsay, just keeps Such going. an incredible England custodian, really, isn't he? He keeps going, he keeps going. He's got a Champions League title to his name, two Premier League titles hopefully well yes he 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 there's no hopefully 
so it even happen well, by the time know, this comes I know. out. I hate this, but yes, exactly. By the time that this comes out, he could have three Premier League titles to his name, an FA Cup title as well. And actually, this the um, summer of this 2010 World Cup, he moved from Aston Villa to Manchester City, uh, then went on to Liverpool in 2015. And I suppose if you were to ask James Milner his greatest achievement, you've got City winning the league, haven't you, for the first mm. time in 44 years in 2011, 2012. Then you've got that Champions League title at Liverpool and you've got the Premier League title coming at Liverpool as well. So it'd be interesting to see what he says, you know, in five or ten years time about the greatest moment of his career. Who else have we got? Frank Frank Lampard. Now, he is, I suppose, in the most high-profile managerial position, isn't he? Yeah, and I think when you look at him as well, I don't know, maybe you did see Frank Lampard as someone going into management, um, but I kind of always thought that era of footballer, him, your John Terry's, were the type that would just sit back, enjoy living in their big mansions, mm. just be quite happy with a TV career, popping into a studio in a sharp suit every now and again. And maybe I completely um, underestimated the likes of uh, Frank Lampard in that respect. He's doing such a good job. He's really respected. He's really liked. He's in a really good relationship now. I just think he's got his life just pretty much sorted. He's just one of those really likeable guys. Yeah. Um, but you just wonder if he's going to be a Roy Hodgson and still kind of knocking around or a, or a Neil Warnock. Still there, you know, at the age of 60, 70, uh, managing, having managed every single team up and down the leagues, you know? Alongside Frank in central midfield, Gareth Barry. Now, he's still playing, isn't he, for West Brom? Stephen Gerrard across the middle as well. And, and actually, I have to say, I thought Stephen Gerrard would be one of those players, like you say, Hayley, who just was going to enjoy his retirement. Mm. Uh, we know football is a huge part of his life, but he's one of those characters that doesn't take football home with him at all. Um, he doesn't like to sort of talk about it a lot. So I was, I was surprised that he wanted to kind of so clearly go into management and then also taking over Rangers as well was something that I didn't expect him to do. Um, up front, Jermaine Defoe and Wayne Rooney. Hey, and who'd have thought that 10 years, 10 years after this, that Steven Gerrard would be Jermaine Defoe's manager and he would still be banging in the goals consistently <laughs> yeah. for Rangers. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's madness. I mean, Jermaine Defoe, he's actually just signed officially with Rangers now. He was on loan from Bournemouth, but he's actually put pen to paper at the age of 37. He'll be 38 uh, when the new season starts, whenever that m- may be. They're kind of looking at August at the moment. But, I mean, yeah, he, he scored 17 times in all competitions last season. He's been written off so many times and just come mm. back. He went on loan to Toronto, of course, after his time at Tottenham. I and mean, you thought, oh, OK, he's disappeared. We'll never hear from him again. He returned and then signed for Sunderland, had the most wonderful spell up in Sunderland, went to Bournemouth. Things didn't quite work out. You thought, OK, he's going to announce his retirement soon. And then off, off he appears at, at, at Rangers looking like, you know, a completely different player. A fresh, yeah, exactly. Wayne Rooney, I, I mean, it's it's... It's so difficult, isn't it, when you when you pick out the main highlight of Wayne Rooney's career. He is top scorer for England, five Premier League titles, got Champions League title, Europa League, FA Cup, top United goal scorer, second in the Premier League top scorer chart. Um, he's got so many accolades to his name. I suppose it's 
it might be hard to kind of pick out one of those now player coach at Derby. And that was probably something that I wouldn't have anticipated back in 2010 either. Um, your subs quickly, Joe Cole, Emil Heskey and Sean Wright Phillips. I want to mention Sean Wright Phillips because I feel, well, I always want to mention him for the fact that Nottingham Forest at one point rejected him for being too small. <laughs> and then he goes on and has an international career as brilliant at Chelsea and uh, with Manchester City. So had an FA Cup winner's medal with City, Premier League winner with Chelsea. He did go out over to the MLS, not quite the success of his brother, Bradley Wright Phillips over there, but did well. Uh, finished up with Phoenix Rising and then announced his retirement last year. So he's a newly mm. retired player, wondering what he might go and do next. We should mention as well the manager, Fabio Capello, shouldn't we? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Where is he now, actually? Where is he now? I mean, He's officially retired. So he retired okay. in 2017 after uh, that stint in China, which didn't yes. go great. Mm. And seeing as you were looking at highlights of his career, I was wondering, going back through looking at his coaching Gosh. times, he had many successes in, in Italy, of course, and that's mm. what got the attention of everybody in Europe. And I think I would plumb for Roma when they won the title in 2000, 2001, that's a real title. And it was their first major honour for a decade. They've only ever won it three times. OK, I'm going to wrap it up there, ladies. Uh, next up, well, we are going to be looking at some memorable quotes from the season so far. All right, now in the, the true game show theme that is uh, running throughout this podcast, our next uh, topic is called catchphrase. Not so much catchphrase, but just interesting quotes is how we want to spin this one. Uh, we're all back, aren't we, in this in this new normal. Managers are giving pre- and post-match press conferences again. We're start, starting to hear the same old bites come out again and again. Um, Jason Mourinho, though, mixed things up this week with a four-minute monologue all about the various strikers who've scored and how many times they've done so under his management. That was in response to something that Paul Merson had said. Um, we love a managerial soundbite, don't we, ladies? And there's nothing better than watching the likes of Jose reel off a big four-minute rank with notes attached. I love that. He'd, he'd actually clearly spent some time preparing this response, which sort of adds adds to the genius of it. Um, so, so far this season, let's get some of your favourite quotes from managers. Hayley. I have got Nigel Pearson. And this is the quote, and I'll explain afterwards. He said, I don't think we have had any great leadership last night listening to the Prime Minister. I was totally underwhelmed by the lack of leadership and clear message. I heard one of the statements from the Prime Minister last night talking about listening and that the decision would be based on science. And there's no necessarily a greater risk with people being together at sporting venues. If that's based on science, fine. But that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. He absolutely went off on one after Boris Johnson's, of course, initial response to the coronavirus outbreak. He was obviously asked a a little bit of a question about it in his pre-match press conference and he was less than pleased with the Prime Minister, so much so, yeah, he went on a, a bit of a rant about that. And he was absolutely true as well. It did not make sense what Boris Johnson was saying to to the same tune of Cheltenham, actually, as well, which, you know, really in retrospect should not have should not have gone ahead. But well done to Nigel Pearson. It can be a sticky area, can't it, politics for managers, but well done him for weighing straight on in and telling it like it is. I am going to ask Lindsay for yours next. 
Okay, well, I I will briefly mention the fact that Jose started it all off at the very beginning of the season when he was unveiled as uh, Spurs manager as well, when he said, I am humble. That's why he's now known as the humble one. So that was another humdinger of a quote from him. Uh, But I wanted to bring in Norwich boss Daniel Farker because when they beat Manchester City back in September, I loved his quote. He said, I'm too old and too exhausted to celebrate. Hopefully on Sunday afternoon on the sofa, I can have a coffee and a piece of cake. I will celebrate with this. And I thought he was a man of our own hearts. <laughs> How old is he? Is, is he under he's, 40 or he's just only 43. He can't be saying he's too old because I'm only a year younger than him. Goodness me, Daniel Farker. Um, I loved Chris Wilder, by the way, in December, Sheffield United manager, when they were doing really, really well. And people were talking about Europe, and rightly so. And his response was, Europe and all that, I guess that might mean an end-of-season trip. Magaluf again, he said. (laughs) Uh, Just joking around that. I absolutely loved that. And Jurgen Klopp, I mean, he comes out with some brilliant ones. He gave this reason as to why he didn't dig too deep in the trance transfer market in the summer before the season began. He said, it's like a new car. Your old car is completely reliable, but you want a new one. And two weeks later, it breaks down. It looks better, but obviously it's not that good. Uh, Nice touch of realism there from Jurgen Klopp. Who else has got anything else? Well, I was at Mikel Arteta's first press conference for Arsenal. That was a breaking news day. One of the times that I was working for the Premier League and I had to go to the Emirates Stadium for this. I don't suppose it's like the most memorable quote, but I think in terms of his appointment being quite a shock at the time that he would go there, that Mm. that he was ready for that scale of a job. And he said, I feel back home. I have prepared for this challenge and I'm ready. If I didn't feel that, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair. So it remains to be seen how well he does with this Arsenal team. There is a lot of work to do, but that's how it all started off. And uh, he was very impressive in that first press conference. Yeah, and I remember it because... because because he was very powerful, wasn't he? And and it was just what Arsenal needed at that point, wasn't it? After Unai Emery's disastrous time there, everyone wanted someone to believe in and he looked strong, he looked convincing. And I just thought, yeah, he's really taking this bull by the horns and he's stating his intention now. I thought that was great news for all Arsenal fans. Uh, speaking of Arsenal, a heavy slice of sarcasm here from Sean Dyche um, after that nil-nil draw in February uh, that Burnley had. Um, I think the game's in a fantastic state, he said. I think it's lovely to watch when people are falling over. I love it. It's my favourite part of the game. (laughs) Oh, dear. Hayley. Yeah, I have another one to add from Sean Dyche as well, again, when his side lost to Arsenal, because you said there that was with sarcasm. And what he says here is so very true. And it's like, why, you know, things like this need to be picked up on. He said, I don't know any sport where they tell you that you can cheat just once a game. I've never seen that in sport before. And he's right. Where is it? Oh, you, just, you know, it's just, it's just madness. But it's true. What he says is absolutely true. And it happens, yeah. it happens all the time. All right. Well, we'll wait and see what the managers have to say to us next for the rest of the season. But for now, it's on to any other business. So any other business, still without a theme tune, by the way, it's noted. Uh, each week, uh, we like to end on some smaller stories from the week, from the world of football that you might not have seen. Lindsay, where are you going to go first? Before I get into this, just uh, producer Abby chose this game show theme for the, the titles mm. of our topics. And I was wondering where that came from. I, I wondered if it's because of this Alan Carr show that's been on telly, you know, bringing back all the old game shows. Yes, incorporating, and I yeah. Want- yeah. 
Yeah, I wanted to mention that I caught the other day Strike It Lucky and I can't remember it being that bad. <laughs> it was, was awful. Michael, Michael Barrymore originally, was it Strike It Lucky? Yeah, yeah but from I when you it watched was. it back in the day, it used to oh, be really all of entertaining. Them are yeah. If you watch an old Bullseye programme, you cannot, cannot believe how long it takes between each person taking a go at the dartboard. It is, it is <laughs> torturous. It just, it just moved so slowly. Um, yeah, I love those though. And okay, any other business? So yes, I, I digress. Um, <laughs> I was going to mention Pedro because we have mentioned him before when we were looking at contracts expiring. And- and transfers and it's actually been confirmed now that Chelsea are letting him go to Roma when his contract expires at the end of the season so it's bye bye Pedro a very mm. impressive player who's won pretty much everything there is to win in football now here's a fantastical story for you according to former Man City midfielder Stephen Island Manchester United's Bruno Fernandes uh, idolised him as a young teenager by having posters of him on his bedroom wall and as a player um, signing him up on football manager. Um, They now live three doors apart and have apparently been working out together in lockdown to keep fit. Of all the unusual football combinations that you could come up with, a Bruno Fernandes, Stephen Island loving is not one that I would expect. (laughs) I think this has spurned a whole new topic for next week. (laughs) Hayley? Mine's one that I I kind of worry about with Everton and their new stadium and obviously with, with kind of money after this whole Um, pandemic and you wonder how things are going to affect football and whether things like a new stadium is actually even going to be built because I just read an article just yesterday saying the architect behind the design for the new 500 million pound stadium he's just basically left he's quit the project he's he's just gone that the, the Everton fans had actually got together and appealed for news after being um, pretty impressed by this guy and, and lots of meetings that they'd had about it. Of course, the fans um, key to making sure that this happens. They're very much behind Dan Mize uh, and said they were really proud of, of these you know, plans that are being unveiled for Bramley Moor Dock. And yeah, the, the architects just basically left the job and scarpered. So goodness knows Ooh, what's going to happen with this. Yeah. One of the things that we love to see is more women in positions of power in football. And this caught my eye because now in La Liga, the vice president is a female. It's Patricia Rodriguez. So congratulations to her Mm. on that appointment. Also CEO of Elche um, as well. So she is flying high and I hope that we get to see more of that across world football couple just to mention and uh, one actually just before we recorded this podcast was I just saw Jordan Nobbs on Instagram who was basically saying goodbye to her best friend Danielle Carter who has just announced that she's leaving Arsenal. I'm not quite sure where she's heading yet. I'm not sure if an announcement has been made or what's going to happen but um, there's a lovely picture of the two of them on Jordan's Instagram picture and uh, Danielle's giving her a piggyback. He's saying, this will leave a hole in my heart. I'm not sure we'll be mended. You're irreplaceable to me in this club. Go smash it, my Dan Dan. So yeah, all the very best to Danielle and whatever it is that she chooses to do next or wherever it is that she chooses Mm. to go. She's going for more game time, I think. Yeah, she is. Um, And Hayley leads a club close to your heart and um, (laughs) they are one of many clubs who have asked fans to send in photos Mm -hmm. of themselves to have us cardboard cutouts but it hasn't all gone swimmingly has it at Leeds no and how this managed to be printed looked at placed in the crowd amongst other fans 
and nobody noticed that somebody had actually sent in and paid for a picture of Osama bin Laden. Some fans have tried to see the funny side of it. Obviously, it's not funny. He was the former Al-Qaeda leader. People noticed it. Yeah, they were not happy to see this enlarged cardboard cutout of uh, bin Laden. It was uh, Paddy McGuinness on Twitter that got kind of people talking about it. And he just tweeted, nothing surprises me anymore in 2020. Leeds United, hold my pint. Blimey. To round off with this, Justin, the Women's World Cup 2023 has been awarded to New Zealand and Australia. They made a joint bid and that makes them the first Oceania hosts of the tournament. They beat off competition from Colombia, who were the only remaining opponent after Japan withdrew. Um, New Zealand and Australia, well, their joint bid scored 4.1 out of 5 in FIFA's scoring system. So little surprise, really, that they've been elected to host. What a fantastic tournament that will be. Australia and New Zealand hosting the Women's World Cup in 2023. Okay, well, that's it for the show. Thank you for joining along with us all. Um, You can find us at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Insta, plus our brilliant website, OffsideRulePodcast.com, featuring plenty of player interviews. There's uh, the latest news from the women's game there as well. And don't forget that subscription offer. Head over to theathletic.com forward slash offside and you can get 40% off if you do so by this Sunday, 28th of June. Hayley and Lindsay, well, I'm going to leave you to carry on with your sunbathing and um, Lindsay you're going to have to take some sort of parasol next time you go to a game um, because it's going to stay really quite warm isn't it it is I'm going to have to take one of those old Spanish looking fans I think <laughs> just to Senorita. call it down <laughs> yeah I don't know what else to do but yeah or a big sombrero hat Hayley you I'm sure will be back in an air-conditioned Sky Sports News studio very soon I shall be yes and at the moment I do say I'm sitting outside in the sun all afternoon, but because I have a little baby who is struggling really in this heat, I'm sat in the shade and it's, it's, it really is killing me because I'm just looking out to kind of the sunspots on the grass and my little sun lounger, which we finally managed to buy. And I can't just go and sit there because I cannot leave this little one for a minute. She's like Lionel Messi at the moment. She's up and she's <laughs> off. You turn, you turn your head and she's halfway up the garden. Yeah. Well, big news in my household. I bought my son, five years old, a Liverpool kit. Because he's now, you know, surprise, surprise, fully invested in Liverpool winning the league. Um, So I now have officially created the future of Liverpool in my household. I'm very proud about that. Incredibly. Um, All right. That's it from us for this episode. We'll be back with more next week. See you soon. Bye. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. My name is Matt Davis-Adams. I present The Athletic's Chelsea podcast, Straight out of Cobham, and I'm a supporter of the two-time European champions, Nottingham Forest. That's all well and good, but for the purposes of this promo, I want to tell you that I also host the very excellent Totally Football League show, where every week I'm joined by Swindon Town legend Sam Parkin and Southend stalwart slash journeyman Adrian Clark as we follow this championship season to its conclusion. The Totally Football League show is now part of the Athletics Network of Podcasts. And if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can hear ad-free versions of each episode on the Athletic app. 
But don't worry, if you really like adverts, you can hear them by searching for the Totally Football League show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football League show with me, Matt Davis-Adams. Because there's football outside the Premier League too, you know? Muddy News Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.